You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. Don't forget, you could take us on the go with Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or any other playing stations that you may have on any of your devices you can also find our content on the misfitfaction.com where you will get access to some of rob's articles that he has written photos of us and all that good jazz and with me tonight is paul paul how you doing i'm good ronnie how are you i'm doing well sir can't complain at all and we also have with us rob rob how are you i'm doing pretty good i'm excited to talk about this are you? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I think I got enough energy for all of us. <laughs> well, we are going to be talking about Eternal. So we just literally fresh out of the movie theater about, what, an I hour ago, if that. I, we all still have the stink of stale popcorn on our feet. And it tasted delicious. Uh, <laughs> not the stale ones, though. Uh, but yeah, Nor so our feet. we will be talking about Eternals today. Um, we're going to get things kicked off. We're going to do a little non-spoiler section for those that maybe have not seen the movie yet and are kind of debating on if they want to see it or not um so we're gonna go a little spoiler section after our little commercial break but first let's kick it off and do some non-spoilers so let's go initial reaction rob oh you're going with me first yes sir (laughs) all right starting off strong going this this was okay um well first of all you know i've been paying attention to rotten tomatoes and rotten tomatoes as of this moment says it's at 48 percent i do not think that's deserved but i do at the same time this is this is a tough movie um this i felt like it was uh, now don't get me wrong i loved it and i didn't love it at the same time so please understand Mm -hmm. that um it was I would rather have five movies like this than one more movie like Black Widow. Like at least with this movie, it for me it was it was so far different than anything else that Marvel has produced. Now, I think for some people and I think that includes the people in this room, that different is going to be an issue because I get the sense from everyone here that they didn't really like it as much as I did. I found it to be thoughtful, meditative. I think it's exactly the movie they intended to make um it is not a crowd pleaser though it is something that there are times where i found myself being very bored but in that boredom i also found myself thinking and being contemplative so it almost seemed like a blockbuster art house film so i i have a lot of mixed feelings and i can tell you i'm going to spend weeks unpacking this in my brain so it's it's there's a lot of material here to think about all right. Paul? It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, th- this was a movie that I, w- I was interested in seeing and, and looking forward to and a movie that I had a lot of questions about going into. Um, I was not exceptionally familiar with the Eternals and the Deviants and the Celestials. We know I know a fair amount of, about them, but uh, for me, they were never, you know, my, my the comic book that I went to, uh, even though they are Jack Kirby, and I do really like Jack Kirby, and obviously he's a comic book uh, legend in his own right. But uh, watching this movie, similar thoughts. I, there were times where I was a little bored. It was very um, a lot of uh, exposition. Yes. A lot <laughs> of exposition. 
Um, and not even exposition to a character that that needed the exposition. They were talking to each other for a lot of that exposition. Mm-hmm. Like, um, not not to spo- there's no spoiler in this, but Kit Harrington's in this movie, and he he's like a normal dude who gets thrown into this world, and then he disappears. We don't have right. an, He was supposed. To, I thought he was going to be the audience surrogate. Like we yeah. have to explain these things to him. Right. But he there was no audience surrogate, and it was a lot. Of, even like. They they introduced another male character and he's like oh I've known about these things for fifty years like, yeah oh well well <laughs> why are we explaining ourselves to each other it's <laughs> it's a little strange um, I think visually it was fantastic oh, the, yeah. the the visual effects were were really good um, there was some great cinematography in it some great direction a, a lot of again though it, it had a lot of exposition and then a lot of not explaining what just happened yeah. especially yes. at the end the ending is is a little wonky for me. Um, I thought the cast knocked it out of the park. There were there were some great. It wasn't the the typical uh, quip every couple of minutes Marvel movie. I, I was watching that for that while we were watching it because I knew you were going to make some comment about that because it wasn't. Yeah, there were it, there, very few quips. Uh, the quips that they did make did land for the most part. Um, yes. I'm I'm not gonna be able. I'm gonna mispronounce his name so bad. I'm so sorry Kamal to him. Kamal Nanjiani. Yeah, Nanjiani. Nanjiani. Yeah. Uh, he plays uh, Kingo, and he was hilarious in it, and he was yeah. a lot of fun in He's it. He's the comic relief. And because I, I liked him on uh, Franklin and Bash from mm-hmm. years and years ago, that was one of my favorite. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. What is that? Uh, Franklin and Bash was a TV show with uh, Mark Paul Gossler and Breckin Meyer. They play lawyers, and he plays okay. like their their nerdy research guy. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I know him from The Big Sick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, for me, this this movie was. Um, uh, it juggled a lot, and unfortunately, it did not answer a lot of the questions that I was really hoping it would tackle. Yeah, Ronnie. Um, all right, you you two are kind of nice. Um, <laughs> no, we're just realistic and observant, unlike <laughs> yourself. No, oh, trust me, I was quite observant, and I observed great special effects, good humor. That's it. Um, it was two hours and 37 minutes of trying to keep my eyes open. Uh, cause I mean, again, with the exposition, do we really need an hour of them getting together? Do we need to see them go back in time and defeat deviants in every era? No, you don't need that. Um, I, I, I just, it, it's just one of those movies that. I'm never going to watch again. I would probably forget most of the movie, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, it, it was just it was just a hard movie to watch. I was just sitting there waiting for all the quips, basically. Um, <laughs> the quips never came. The quips never came. Um, it, would you uh, say that this is a, a, a bad movie or a movie that just wasn't made for you? I think it was a bad movie. Okay. Um, because I, I love movies of all genre and everything. And I don't know. To me, I'm sitting there going, what's going on? Why, why, why is this happening? And then they explain things that don't need to be explained over and over again. And then they don't explain things that need to be. You know. Also, I think that this movie definitely suffers from a severe lack of connection to the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Very, yeah, it's really not like it. It feels there is a scene. It's in one of the trailers, so this isn't spoiling. Where they where they talk about the Avengers and who yeah. would lead the Avengers. Right. Um, it feels like that was tacked on afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. was a reshoot scene mm-hmm. almost. This movie feels so exceptionally displaced, and the trailers made it seem like 
the the blip and Thanos snap were were going to play a key factor in this, and they they basically had nothing to do yeah. with it. I had a feeling they were going to do that because I, my thought is if they didn't do those things in the commercials, then the people of the Marvel the fan Marvel fans wouldn't come out to see it. Marvel fans are going to go see it. Marvel mm-hmm. fans will see anything. Marvel fans saw Inhumans, and unfortunately, this movie gave me massive Inhuman <laughs> vibes because <laughs> um, it's a similar it's a similar yeah. type right, I can setup. You know the yeah. the Inhumans and the Eternals are are similar in in origin and kind of lifestyle and the very well we don't interfere type mentality so uh, i was watching this movie and even like the costumes i'm sitting there watching like oh it's giving me that a little inhuman yeah and and for those of you guys i'm pretty sure we did an episode where we talked about it we've, we've, done we've never few, well we've talked we've about never it. done one on inhumans because i don't know how many people in here have actually I seen the whole show i i've seen the whole show but i don't think i could revisit the show mm-hmm. for anything yeah so, um, unfortunately, sitting here, sitting in the theater, that's that's the vibe I got, and wow. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't like Ooh. it. Th- this would have been better as a Disney Plus TV show. Ooh, I'm I, going. I'm I, gonna, I, I, I want to hear your reasoning, but I'm going to disagree with you. After. Anyway, go. I, I, <laughs> I think if you want to tell seventeen thousand story backstories, and you know, millennia of backstories, you could have easily broken it down into. 20 30 minute you know clips on disney plus and you could have just had it then and then you give them a movie but don't you think that would have made it even more boring to flesh them out that much no because because i i think that's where you start and then you create a movie off of the success of of the if it was a disney plus tv Mm. show i i think that would have been the better way to go because again you know you have 10 superheroes you have to introduce backstories and of everything and it took what half to two-thirds of the movie to do that you know i I don't know see i i i agree and disagree with you at the same time i agree with you in the sense that yes that is that that it really did spend a lot of time going into backstories and telling character arcs and things like that however i want to argue that that was the film's strength because we had because so many times in Marvel movies, you know, for as much as I love the Marvel movies, there are so many characters that are given just one small character arc or one small, you know, character trait. And it's like, oh, they're the one that does this. Whereas I, with this, I really felt like these were 10 very fleshed out characters that had full stories to them. And I, I deeply cared about all of them, too. Like there was like, you know, when things happened to them, I, you know, I, I worried about them and, and I was I was sad and with them and happy with them at times. And it wasn't just like, oh, they died. Well, all right. I guess, you know, that's over mm-hmm. now. Like, so I, I felt like the character arcs were their strengths. I feel like we didn't see all like by the end of the movie you kind of get where each character is and they all have a different reason for doing what they do Um, they do take a little bit of risk with it and again without spoiling anything because we're still in the non-spoiler section there's there's one scene that I do want to talk about where um, one of the characters basically loses all faith in humanity Mm -hmm. and then we get to see that faith restored at some point Um, for me like I said I feel like this movie they, they could have had a lot of fun with the Eternals, who are basically these beings that are only there for one job, and the job's been done, and now they're just waiting to go home. Right. They could have had a lot of fun with with scattering them throughout the Marvel Universe. That people forget we also have, this is the 26th film in the Marvel Universe, or something mm-hmm. around there? Somewhere around there, yeah. They have all these, like, I would have loved to see one of the characters in the background of a shot in Captain Marvel. 
or uh, Captain America. Yeah. All these movies that have spanned throughout, you know, the Marvel universe, and like they're making it seem like the Eternals are, are this giant important force, but they they're not. Mm-hmm. They were. They were at one point for the one job that they had, but. You know, Kid Harrington in the trailer, you at, he asked the question, why didn't you help with Thanos? Why yeah. didn't you do yeah. this? And they don't really tackle the ramification. They do for some characters, but not all of them. And I feel like there's a lot of lost opportunity, because especially when yeah. you find out what these Eternals actually are yeah. in the course yeah. of the film. See, I, I feel like, and this uh, this was a discussion I had in my car ride on the way home with, with my family, was that there was so much packed in but so much at the same time left out mm-hmm. like there was a lot of like motivations that were clear but then the the development of those and how the people got to that was kind of rushed a little bit at times um and you know it's already almost you know 20 minutes shy of a three-hour movie so i guess there's only so much you can do so maybe a television ronnie's right a television series would be good because then you can really spend time getting to know all of them there is one way that i think that this movie would have benefited from a plot point being changed and when we do spoilers i want i want to bring it up and see Mm -hmm. what you guys your thoughts are on it I I really felt like, and this will be, I think, the biggest thing about this film, which is what I loved, was that it was the most human Marvel movie I've ever seen. Like, these were actual, like, I felt like these were actual people that were struggling with real things that happen in life, um, that were conflicted, that were not perfect, that that had you know ca- character traits of people that I can identify with and and to be honest knowing the director Chloe Zhao that doesn't surprise me you've never mentioned her that's weird you've never mentioned how much you like Chloe Zhao I I deeply admire Chloe Zhao I've seen she's this is only like her fourth movie I think it is um, yeah Nomadland was her one before that then she did The Rider songs my brothers taught me uh, and yeah. And I've I've seen all four, and so I've seen the entire Chloe Zhao ovoir. Um, but she brings a humanity to her characters that I think Marvel doesn't do too much. I mean, if you think about, like, Black Widow, like, I'm thinking about, I love, well, I, I couldn't even tell you her name, Vanessa Pugh's character in Black Widow, uh, oh, her um, sister. Elena. Elena. I could, I love that character, but I know, like, two things about her. And I couldn't talk. That she's going to be set up for the new Black right, Widow yeah, show. I, um, I also, like, in the car ride on the way home, this conversation came up, is that I think that years from now, looking back, we will see how this laid the groundwork for so many other future things in the Marvel Universe. Um, you know, because I, I feel like, you know, especially with certain moments where that have huge ramifications on the entire planet. But see, that's the problem. We... N- it's very rare yeah. that we get to see those ramifications, and I'll, I want to dis—I'll discuss it at the end, but uh, or when we do spoilers. But yeah. there's a lot of potential ramifications, but I feel like nobody's gonna bring them up. I'm—I'm I'm hoping that it doesn't stop here. I would I'm, hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that there's there's more. All right, that's gonna wrap us up for a non-spoiler section. After our commercial break, we are gonna go into some spoilers, but first, a quick commercial break. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Ray's Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. And welcome back. We hope you had a nice commercial break. Listening to the soothing voice of Paul. Talking about Rays. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but I do, I do love Rays. Yeah, right? Oh. So much. Yeah. Soon you'll be able to buy that on our website. Yeah, soon. Yeah, soon. Yep. Soon you're going to find out Big about things some coming. things we love. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So we're going to jump right into this. Again, this is going to be spoilers for Eternal. So if you have not seen the movie yet... Give us a little pause right here and we, come back to us after you have seen the movie. We need a spoiler sound. We, we did. It was the commercial whoop, break. Whoop, no, no, whoop. no. Pe- uh, your sound effects have not tested well, audience polling. Just let <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, I no. didn't see the results of these polls. I'm the producer. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, all right. So let's jump right into it. Yo, there's a full-on sex scene in this movie. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, and you know what? He lasted a little bit longer. Wait, wow. What? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Yeah, so we had uh, Superman in the movie. All right, so we're, we're going we're <laughs> to address it. First, let's get back to the sex scene. For I, I do actually, I, as much stick as it is right I, now. I, I read an article. I brought, just brought it up a few months ago called Everyone is Beautiful and No One is Horny. And it was about the Marvel Universe and how everyone is just so good looking, but yet no one is attracted to one another. I find it very interesting also, though, that um, if I was immortal, like, what other ways would I spend uh, my days? Like, (laughs) you know, because... It's interesting. All these, all these Eternals kind of pair off. They, they yeah. almost like all have their own person, and like I, they do acknowledge it. They're like, when, yeah. did th- when is this a thing? We're very yeah. uncomfortable. There's, there's, but in this, there's a, a sex scene, and there's nu- not nudity, but they're nude in this scene. It was, yeah. it was a little risque. It for... was very clear what they were doing. Yes. What were they doing? <laughs> I'll draw you a picture. They later. were cuddling. <laughs> they were cuddling on top of each other. Yeah, right. Weird. But, but Superman and yeah. Wonder Woman. All right, so apparently Chloe Zhao uh, was highly inspired by, uh, not not to get too specific, but Zack Snyder and uh, Man of Steel for mm-hmm. for Icarus, and like she said it, she literally said that, that um, you know, she uh, very influenced by uh, by Zack Snyder's interpretation of the character, saying it's like the best, yeah, um, the best interpretation or the modern interpretation of Superman, which I I, I read that and I was like, oh, interesting. interesting. Because I know Chloe Zhao. I think she was supposed to do a DC movie. Wasn't she supposed? She was supposed oh, to do New Gods. Of Anna DuVernay. I thought she was supposed to do New Gods. No, that's Anna DuVernay. Ah, close enough. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, all right. So let's let's put it out there. This was the movie. You find out that Icarus is kind of the quote unquote bad guy. Yes. I thought it was going to be Angelina Jolie. I did too. And that she was actually going to be the like the leader of these new deviants or yeah. something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But they could have taken the new deviants out completely. Yeah, and had it instead be a mystery, and I, I hate to. Which, which ones are you classifying the, as the new deviants? The ones that are that uh, get thawed out in the ice and that they're fighting. Oh, throughout. oh, oh, oh! I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So, so basically, we find out in this movie that they defeated the deviants thousands of years ago, and now they're just sitting on Earth waiting. Yeah. Waiting for the the order to go home. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, all stuff that they 
they teased and didn't pay. This movie also gave me really big Age of Ultron vibes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, Age of Ultron really? is a movie that, that has grown on me uh, since seeing it. But Have it, you seen a doctor about that growth? Don't worry about it. But um, my, my issue, a lot of people's issues with uh, in, uh, Age of Ultron was that it really was just a setup for the next series of movies. Yeah. Like, they had a whole scene with Thor and the Infinity Stones and that little pond that they had to cut and, like, basically remove so much mm-hmm. of it because everybody was like, this is just set up for the next movie. Like, this is all you guys are doing. This movie, like, they could have taken out these newer deviants that that do t- end up being yeah. the bad guys and just had Icarus be the bad guy and have the plot, and I hate to take it too much from Watchmen, but almost like the, hey— an Eternal just died. We're not supposed to be able to do that. How yeah. did it happen? Yeah. And have that mystery instead play out. So mm-hmm. then you would have that whole um, other minor bad guy of the deviant that evolves and keeps sucking them up. You'd have that. I gone wouldn't even. I, yeah, gone completely. I, I, I could see that. Yeah. Because in all honesty, Icarus needed a distraction because he was still doing the mission. Yeah. The mission was to make sure that a celestial was born. Mm-hmm. Right, so he could have killed Ajak, and then, well, how? How does an internal die? They're not supposed to be able to in this continuity. So that for me, I feel like that would have been a better option, and then have it go that way. I I would keep the deviants. I because I I I could see them getting cut out. Yes, because I have to say that second tier bad guy. I didn't quite really fully understand i i mean i think there had to be something where it was you know slowly killing off um because the 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 secondary bad guy introduced stakes where you clearly saw that eternals could die and get absorbed if you can tell me the name of that character no i couldn't yeah. it's crow crow an actual name from the uh, an actual character c k r o yeah it was it was generic for me to be honest and Those that see you could, yeah, i was gonna say like, is that where Scarsgard was yeah. i was i saw his name in the credits and yeah, i'm like wait crow. a minute all nine lines that he has. Yeah. If they wanted to do that, they should have made him a former Eternal, and he became mm-hmm. a Deviant when he rebelled. All right. Yeah, that works. Okay. That would have added yeah. stakes. He was Malekith. Yeah. He was bad <laughs> because right, bad right. is better, and and that's my problem. Yeah. And for for Marvel, who's been on a real big upswing of villains with with how good their villains are. You know, you've got the Vulture, you've had Loki, obviously, you've yeah. had uh, other villains, Thanos himself, who is a, a, the Eternal, the Eternal, slash Eternal. that's never yeah. been right. really that clear. But um, I guess I, I can't, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I just, I, I feel like if you're going to introduce a, a, they went backwards with their villains in this. It felt a mm-hmm. little bit like a plot device. A, a thousand percent. Yeah. Just for him to get taken out that easily? Like, well, he was he was taking laser blasts from what's-his-face, and, right. and yeah. like... From Icarus, and Icarus went toe to toe with every single Eternal. So, yeah. but then, Thena's like, "I got this. Don't worry." Well, yeah. I, th- I think it's one of those kind of things where, because it can regenerate and heal itself, but when you cut it into thirty-eight pieces, it can't because now the brain is severed from the rest of the body. I, no, I, I'm not. I'm not. It's not a matter of him not Logistics, being able to heal himself. No. Yeah. It's the fact that he went out like a chump, and he had no character. Like they, they literally said the Eternals were designed so that they could not evolve. Yeah, they couldn't evolve because that way they couldn't over. They couldn't lose the mission. The Deviants got dangerous because they they started evolving. evolving. 
So we, we get this great example of a deviant that's that's heading to this new sentience, basically a new life form and a, an intelligent deviant, and then gone. Yeah. Done. And then another plot point that they never explain is she's just suddenly able to do all these things. Who's she? Uh, Cersei? Yeah. Cersei? Yeah, they never explain it. They don't explain I just knew I could do it. Well, even she doesn't understand why she I think do it's it. because she's got the... Lump in their throat. The, 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 the lump in her throat. The gold lump. I can yeah. argue that for the, the first the golden one. golden snitch. For the first one. But then when... <laughs> the golden snitch. That's fine. Swallow the snitch. <laughs> uh, you can argue that for the first time she does it. Yeah. When uh, she turns the deviant into a tree, basically. Yeah. And then they have to use the Unimind. But, like, in all honesty, I, I feel like there were a lot of questions that they just never answered. Yeah. And nah. it, it's just frustrating. No, I agree. My head spun a few times, I will say. Like... I think it was the moment when they started showing other celestials being born and how that happened. I'm like, my head is exploding right now. Which, yeah. don't get me there wrong. There was so much there. Visually, it was fantastic. Yeah. And yes. it, it was the better way to do the exposition. See, that worked because it was um, Erisham. That's the name of the, the yes. celestial. Erisham, the judge. Erisham was explaining why what the actual mission was because the person who was supposed to carry out the mission is now dead. Yeah. He didn't have any questions about that. He did yeah, not right? at one point go, oh, oh, How? oh, God. Why she die? How? What? Explain. Again. Who, Erisham? Erisham. Yeah. He created these these Eternals, right. well, you know, and the Deviants were, were gone from Earth. He didn't have a single question. Well, you know what? It, I, I wonder if because of the lump in their throats, I again, I have no <laughs> idea what the heck the thing is called. Right? The Erisham ball. Uh, <laughs> worse. Way worse. Way worse. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I wonder if, like, it kind of can read <clears throat> the person's mind. So he knew that Ajax was going to flip on him. And I wonder if he was able to communicate with uh, what uh, Icarus and say, hey, you know. She, she's trying to turn. She's got to go. We got to complete this mission. It's Again, possible. where's that explanation? Um, we never get it. Exactly. Instead, we get MacGuffins and... What MacGuffin? I mean, the, the emergence, I'll count it as a MacGuffin. Yeah. We have to stop Ow. the thing. Oh, the thing that wasn't a thing the before. Thing that, that the, wasn't a thing the thing that only movie. happens at this point yeah. right, once every right. billion years. Yep. And then, so... Celestials have always been a big part of the comics. Like mm-hmm. they, they've been around for forever. Um, we've gotten we've gotten glimpses of them in the DC universe, right. but also, uh, excuse me, in the Marvel yeah. universe. Um, really, we had Nowhere, which was the head right. of a severed celestial. Mm-hmm. So celestials can die. Also, yep. We also had Ego, Ego. the Living Planet, mm-hmm. who who tell he's the first time he's like, I am an like I'm what's called a celestial. celestial. So. We never get that story. And he does the exposition, too, Ego, where he's like, yeah. "This is, I just kind of started existing. But it seems like the Celestials have some sort of consciousness when they're born. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It was great visual with the hand forming and then yeah. the head. Oh, yeah. Like, that was really cool and unfortunate. And, like, there was always that fear that Jack Kirby's world, both in DC and Marvel, he has the new gods in DC and then the Celestial. He's very big in, like, the whole giants, yeah. bigger-than-life superhero-type stories. But, like, there was always that fear of how they were going to be interpreted. That's why if you watch Fantastic Four and The Rise of the Silver Surfer, they didn't want to go full Galactus in that. Mm. They weren't sure how it would translate to film. Mm -hmm. And also they wanted to save it for a Silver Surfer movie. 
it really frustrates me that with all of this celestial talk, we did not even get mention of Galactus, yeah. the Silver Surfer. I did get galactic vibes, though, from that moment when, and near the end where he sucked them out into space and told them you'll be judged. Like, I'm like, oh, this is what it would look like if Galactus That's, and, it looked, yeah. and it looked fantastic. Yeah. And even the shots of when she or uh, Ajax were talking to him, it still looked really yeah. good. Yes. I, I was really upset, though, that during that exposition scene, that would have been the perfect time to be like, some Celestials were good, others not so good. And there's mm-hmm. Galactus literally eating a planet. Mm. Like, we, we could have had a lot of fun with that. Again, this movie feels so detached from the Marvel Universe that they— It is. And, and I, I would I would say, too, that like if, if, there was, if anyone wants an entrance point— um, and do, isn't a Marvel fan. This is not a bad entrance point. Like this is something oh, that is completely. It's so detached. It's its own story. Like that. You know when. What's neat is that there are clear stakes in this, and that you know these Eternals die. You know we lose a couple. I don't want to spoil any, all of it, but there's you know a couple of Eternals do die, and we're mm-hmm. and we get the sense that they can die. And so when they're fighting, we really feel like there's real stakes here. That you know it's not just unstoppable force meeting a movable object. That you know it's like oh my gosh, you know this something could bad bad could happen to this person. And so you know I, I ended up caring for them a little bit more and, and worried about them when things happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you were about to say something over there. I was just going to let you go. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like I said, the, the, I feel like the modern Marvel movies are also really struggling with a severe lack of the Avengers. Because it's almost like a shtick at this point. It's almost like yeah. a, like the running joke. And I, I'm sure they have a plan for the Avengers. They right. have their, their new Avengers that are going to be formed. Whether they're led by Captain Marvel or the new Captain America has yet to be seen. But in all honesty, there's... They're they're making the stakes bigger in the Marvel universe, quite literally, with with giant, yeah. colossal, celestial beings. But there's there's no like there, there's such a severe lack of the Avengers that it almost like every time I watch these movies, I'm like, I feel like something's missing. Yeah, where's the reaction from from Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes right now? Like just looking out their window on top of the boat, going, Oh, what's that? That's a weird cloud. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get it when the I'm Captain sure. America movie yeah. comes out. I, again, you know what I mean. Well, no, yeah, I, and I'm with you. And like in all honesty, especially now with with Spider-Man coming out in in a month, like we yeah, are yeah, a month out, and we still know nothing about the ramifications that that's going to have. Yeah, you know, because we have basically Marvel's traveling down this road with two very big story plots. Mm-hmm. One is cosmic, and it's going to affect Earth, but not nearly as much. Yeah, and then one is magic, which they're saying is going to definitely affect yes the Earth. And apparently, Doctor Strange is a well-known superhero because yeah. they refer to him by name in this. Yes. Oh yeah, because yeah. he says, oh, "I think you're a wizard like Doctor Strange." Yeah, which <laughs> was very reminiscent of the uh, the Bucky and Sam conversation yes. in, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where when? he's like, you know, uh, he's like, "No, wizards have hats." Oh right. Like the, yeah. That, yeah. That that one of the big three: yeah. android, wizard, or alien. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, like, I, I, I it's really bothering me how mm-hmm. like because that's. We went from having so much Marvel connection because we look for that stuff. That's what we get excited about, yeah. all the different Marvel things. You know, imagine if one of the Eternals was there when the arc reactor was created by Tony Stark, like yeah. helping him with that. Because mm-hmm. in all honesty, like it. You mean Fastos? Yeah, Fastos. I, what do you mean? What I mean? I, I meant you. You said what oh, if like one of the Eternals yeah, was there. Yeah, that's who I would. That's who it would probably yeah. be. But for me, like, and then. Uh, what was the the one who ran really fast? Who visually was fantastic? Uh, Makari. Makari. She was just sitting on the ship. Is yeah, that right? what she was doing the whole time for the past five? Yeah, oh, I love years? that. I'm sorry. The English teacher and me geeked out when he called him her Miss Havisham. 
You're gonna I don't have know to if any, Oh, from uh, Charles Dickens' uh, um, Great Expectations. Uh-huh. She's just this like reclusive woman that's <laughs> lived in her house forever. Mm-hmm. And there's also no stakes for the Eternals at the end of this movie. It's not yeah. like we have to we have to announce ourselves to the world. We're here. We're here to help. None of them. None of them woke up the next day going, "Well, now I'm going to start helping people." Yeah. See, I to me though, I liked that the fact that there wasn't a because that's that's to me more human this way than saying like, "Oh, you know, having a screenwriter tack on a, oh well, now we're going to have them be this way." You know, the to, the fact that you had. You know, Thena, who is still going to be, who still struggles on a daily basis with her Alzheimer's-like existence. And, you know, uh, Druig, who still, you know, is going to struggle with his wanting to just control everyone's minds and make them good. Like, you know, real people don't have, you know, typical conclusions at the end of their day. They're, they're continue throughout. And that's what made these people so great for me because it was so realistic. So... I was watching uh, Civil War was on the other day, Captain America yeah. Civil War, and one of the one of the greatest scenes, not only as a as a moviegoer when we first saw it in the theaters, but also still holds up, is the scene where Peter Parker's first introduced. It's so it's so it feels so long ago now that you know, <laughs> but Tony asks him why he's doing what he's doing, and Peter right. says, you know, when you can do the things that I can do, and then the bad things happen, that's because of you, right? Right? It's it's basically their. There's great power, power great, great responsibility, yeah. great responsibility yeah. speech. Um, fun fact for those of you guys who didn't know, Uncle Ben didn't say that in the original comic. Mm-hmm. Peter says it at the very mm-hmm. end. So, and now it's become so synonymous with Uncle Ben that a lot of people forget that. But for me, I watched this movie. At the end of the movie, everybody gets a lot of them get their happy endings. You know, you have the three that go out into space to to go find the rest of the Eternals and try and, and try and basically tell them the truth. Yeah, you've got. Um, Sprite becoming Sprite becoming human and now living a human life. Right. We don't know if Sprite still has her powers or not. We we assume she doesn't. We just we do yeah. assume. Yeah. But um, <laughs> and the rest just kind of are like, all right, well we're we're doing our things, you yeah. know. Like we got a uh, Cersei, Fastos, Kingo, and Sprite all remain on Earth. Yeah. And he's you know they who gets taken. But then they get well. It's, it's Cer- Fastos, Kingo, and Cersei, uh, Cersei are Cersei. all dragged into space. Right. Now are they in their I, I didn't understand this at the end. Are they still in space? I, I feel like he took them somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure either. Yeah. Yeah. Because he does say, you know, your memories will, will judge yeah. humanity. So he's displeased with their treason, but he elects to spare them if their memories show that they are worthy of living. Yeah. And he vows to return for judgment before he disappears okay. into mm-hmm. a singularity, taking them with him. Yeah. Right. I'm reading the plot yeah. as we go. <laughs> but for me, like, there there could have been a moment where it was like, hey, we we gave up everything to save this planet, but... You know, they, they do tackle it. And so this was the scene that I wanted to talk about. It's the scene where we flash back to Hiroshima. Uh, Hiroshima. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Fastos is literally in the debris of the, the nuclear bomb. Right. And he's just ruined because he's like, yeah. I helped. He feels responsible. I helped do this. I helped do this. That was one of the scenes I was like, okay, all right, Marvel, tackling this. Tackle it. Yes. Yeah. Talk about how you've had these omni-powerful beings who are now developing emotion and and empathy for the for their charges basically and then it's gone yeah and then we never talk about it again we get a couple of lines with him i fixed my bike all right my kid's bike yeah right but i feel like they could have had way more philosophical philosophical musings about the fact that they've been on earth for thousands and thousands of years and they haven't done shit (laughs) yeah 
And it's not until... But that's, that's what the story is, I feel, is that they want... Like, some of them want... And that's, that's what I feel like the entire plot hinges upon. But none of them do. And that's what bothers me. Mm-hmm. But you they want a- to. Like, like, well, because you see, like, what's his name? Uh, Druig, who does control all those people. He has a cult. Right. And, and he tries, you know, in an attempt to make everyone happy. And we know, and we, then when we see it, we're like, oh, that's not what happiness is. You have to, you have to stand back and let people make mistakes. But he doesn't learn that lesson. I feel like he does by the end, though. How? How? By going out. And not staying on Earth and controlling people and going out to the planets and trying to find other Eternals and warning them. I feel like that doesn't explain anything. No. You're an English teacher. Was that written I'll in a way? In this week. Yeah. <laughs> was that written in a, in a proper way then? I don't think it was. It was not conveyed to me. At no point no. did he suddenly step back and be like, maybe instead of trying to control people, I should be inspiring them. A simple line like that. Yeah. But I think that's too pat, and that's not how people work. But – that should be how character development works in like poorly constructed movies that are written by committee. I, I just feel like there's not enough closure or character growth for a lot of these characters mm-hmm. with the exception of maybe Icarus who decides I'm going to go back on my, my duty. My, I think it would have been better if Icarus hadn't uh, turned around and helped them at the end and they were forced to kill him. Yeah. Stakes, mm. character growth. Speaking of character growth, hey, we're going to get thing we're going to keep rolling on here. All right, host. Who is your favorite character in the movie? That's a tough one, right? What mm-hmm. favorite character in the movie? Who wants to go first? Oh, you threw us on the spot like that. Yeah, I did. We were having philosophical musings. I know, and I'm trying to get things moving and grooving. I, I will say Kingo was my Kingo? favorite. Um, yeah. You know, I I love Kamal Najani. Uh, he got shredded for the film. Like that yeah. was a big mm-hmm. talking point for a lot of people. Unfortunately, he didn't have a, t- a, a, a no shirt. Scene. There was no gratuitous Marvel uh, shirtless scene, and except for the sex, except for the sex scene. Oh yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And that was both that, 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 that took over for it. I will. I mean, I, I could see Kamal po- popping oh, out of the yeah, top like of his he, shirt. He was, yeah. and he's got such a chiseled face yeah. now. Like he he looks yeah. great, and I and I really you know, and he's only done better with yeah. it too so all right so paul kingo so kingo all right ask answer me this question and I'm, this isn't a baiting question i really actually don't know the answer to this where did kingo go for the end he like, just left and where and just hang out and he just, went back to bollywood went back he took his friend home so i don't understand then why he was so like welcomed at the end there by cersei because he like kind of copped out he was switzerland he he basically said he literally said he's like i i have my ideals but i'm not gonna fight you for them right i remember that and he he, it's like ronnie said he he stayed neutral he's like i agree with icarus but i'm not gonna fight you for it i just felt like he disappeared like i know that was purposeful but i felt like he was he he disappeared he just chose not to fight rob who was your favorite 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 actor or favorite character favorite character Every DC character mentioned. There's a lot. <laughs> I really liked Gilgamesh. Yeah? Yeah. I, yeah, he was just so cool. And like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, first of all, the fact that he's, you know, like, and this is something I loved about, a lot about the movie is that 
it intertwined so many different myths into this that have appeared in so many different that cultures. That was a really cool yeah. idea. Yeah, and the fact that he's the Gilgamesh. Like, yeah. Gilg- and Gilgamesh, you know, for you, for anyone who doesn't know, Gilgamesh is like the very first, one of the very first stories ever told. And in fact, most stories can be traced back all the way to the stories of Gilgamesh and Enkidu. Um, and to have a character actually be Gilgamesh, and he was just like... He was so sweet in the way he was dealing with Thena and helping her to like not freak out, you know, like because Thena has the sun's getting low. I, I wanted somebody <laughs> to say it. <laughs> sun's getting real low. Uh, you know, he kind of, Thena would. Um, she had. It was implied that she had kind of a, a form of Alzheimer's because her brain had been wiped so many times, mm-hmm. and so she kind of shut down and became violent at times. And he was like so nice and sweet and like talking her down and not blaming her or anything yeah. and and trying to control her. And then he like had this little off the grid life with her in mm-hmm. the desert uh, where he makes pies apparently yeah. and and beer from his own spit <laughs> yeah right <laughs> and chewed corn but I, I i really loved him and his character yeah all right um you for for me it, it's either uh fastos or karun kingo's manager because <laughs> he, he he was the audience surrogate. Yeah. But see, not at, the not not my favorite audience surrogate of all time. No, he was not very, at all. He was fun. But like if I was in that situation, I'd be like, ooh, let me record this. Oh, let me record this. Like with my seven. You know what cameras. that I like too about that character is that he could very easily have become the one that everyone pokes fun of. Yeah. We all laugh at. Yeah. And I don't feel like as an audience member we were ever laughing at him. No. Like we laughed with some of the things he did, but I think that's also another wonderful aspect of this film is it has such respect for mm-hmm. all of its characters. Yes. All right. Now let's flip it. All right. Who's the worst character? Uh, I'm not going to say worst character in, in that I didn't like him. I'm going to say worst character is as in pure setup and not utilized to my... I know who you're getting. It's Kit Harrington. Oh. oh I, I, I feel like... Pro. So Dane, I, Dane I was... Whitman. What was it? Dane Whitman. Yes. So I was played. not a Game of Thrones guy uh, growing mm-hmm. up or watching it. Uh, I know my producer Melanie is and she watched the yeah, whole series. Uh, yep, here too. And unfortunately, that's one of those shows that I heard such terrible things about the ending <laughs> that it didn't, it made me not want to go back and start it. It ruined all of yeah. everything. And that's the thing. So I've really, he was a pure setup for the next movie character. Yeah. That's like literally he just disappeared. Mm-hmm. He FaceTimes with her halfway through the movie and yeah. it's like, yeah. I'm going to get this sword. And uh, supposedly, just uh, he gets. I think who who looked it up? Uh, the voice. Mahershala. Yeah. Supposedly, the voice that stops him from picking up the sword is Mahershala Ali. So I wonder if yeah. Dane Whitman's going to be in the Blade movie. It, until the next Eternals movies come out, who yeah, knows? Possibly. I don't know if this movie's getting the sequel. Even though it says the Eternals are going to return, it, oh, it the, really uh, depends on. Doesn't doesn't mean there'll be a sequel. They could be in a different movie, mm. but who knows? Rob. <sighs> Um, I might say Ajak. Uh, and here's why I thought Salma Hayek might have been miscast. Mm. I didn't like her in that role. I thought she was too... Like, when I watched her, I felt like I was watching yeah. Salma Hayek. Well, ori- um, originally, she didn't really want to do it. She was a little really. hesitant about taking the role. And, and you know what? I and think because she has a very modern look to her. Because mm-hmm. um, I have to say, when she was dressed up as sort of like on the horse as a cowboy, I'm like, yes, that's it. She looks yeah. awesome in this. But when she was in like her full-on Eternals outfit, I'm like, she looks like Weird. she's cosplaying. Yeah. 
um she she was one of my one of my least as well mm-hmm. um but druig i i think is my least favorite wow. i i think really? i it's between between him and sprite i think it's just something about the the big babies that that always mm. want it their way if they can't have it their way they're gonna throw a temper tantrum and I can't. That's you. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's definitely not me. Okay. <laughs> now be quiet so I can talk. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, I, don't, I just I can't stand people like that. That oh. if I don't get it my way, I'm gonna throw a temper tantrum until I can get it my way. You you see that with both of those characters, really. Um, I think more so Sprite, especially towards the end where she ends up trying to kill and almost killing uh, Cersei. And then they again another character that they're like. It's okay. Yeah, right? It's fine. Granted, they're also thousands and thousands of years old. I don't really yeah. think that they hold They've on They've had to a squabble here or there. I, I love Druid, but I was surprised at his character because that... I, and I don't know how to say his name. Barry Kaufin? Kaugan? Barry. Um, I love that actor. He is... Every time mm-hmm. I've seen him in something, he has Dunkirk. played such a despicable character yeah like i'm thinking of uh, a movie he was in called killing of a sacred deer where he was so creepy mm-hmm. um, american animals was another one where he was just a horrible person so to see him play someone who like believed in the he wanted people to be good was such a big huge change of pace for him i do have to say something else though before we get to paul's um makari yeah i thought she was incredibly underutilized like I don't think she had enough of a story. Like she just seemed to be the one that was in love with Droog. Yeah, like, she, she she was she was the Flash. I I loved her too, and I loved the fact that they had you know a, an actress in the role who is actually you know a deaf actress mm-hmm. uh, playing that. That's you know when the first I think that might be the first deaf uh, Marvel character we've ever had and deaf actress we've ever had yeah. in the Marvel universe, and she was amazing. But I wanted more story from her. Okay, all right. No, so- Paul's turn. I already said. Oh, already said. Who'd you say? Who's your least favorite? Kid Arrington. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. It's like you don't even pay attention. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> All right. So, I think we're gonna we're getting close to the end. So why don't we do our Star City rating? And if we have any other comments, we can give them in our Star City rating. I went first before, so he goes. What do you mean you went first? I went first when you're like, "What did you think about?" This movie. But he also went first for the oh, characters. Fine. I'll, I'll He's do looking it. at me. I don't really I don't care. care. I mean, like. I'm gonna give it a two and a half. Okay. I think I, I think right down the middle. Right right now, yeah. I think um, there's definitely room for for improvement or uh, a lowering of my score. Either way, I I want to see it again. Um, unfortunately, like as much fun as as we as you guys make fun of Zack Snyder's Justice League and I defend it, it it has that same feeling where I'm like, there's some really great scenes, but I don't ever want to watch the movie in its entirety again. Like, the ending battle scene is fantastic with all of them fighting against Icarus and then uh, Sprite. Like, I thought that was a really cool... When she's doing the super speed thing on him and just, like, wrecking his house, I really enjoyed it. It was really good. So, I I feel like this movie can get better, can get worse. I need to marinate on it. Like, literally, we just left the theater an hour and a half ago. Yeah. So, I I think given some time, but right now, I think if it's going to go anywhere, it might go down to a two. But right now, two and a half... It, it it hits a lot of the checkpoints. It's different, but it's also so displaced from the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. So like, there's the good and the bad are almost like mm-hmm. neck and neck yeah. with it. Rob, all right. Let me tell you why first. Then I'll give you my rating. Um, it's funny too because I immediately think of Justice League with this film too. Because again, 
this is one of those movies where I admire it a lot, but in terms of wanting to rewatch it again, I don't know. Um, I don't know if I could because it's so. Oh gosh, it's so it's slow. It's very slow, which I think is a good thing. But it's like you know, do I want to spend another two hours and thirty-seven minutes just pondering? Um, there are some great things. Like it is the most beautiful of all of the movies in the Marvel Universe I've seen because Chloe Zhao uses natural lighting and so just gorgeous landscapes and, and beautiful and the fights the like the that village fight with the deviants where there were some like long one takes mm-hmm. was fantastic like it was so nice to see a fight scene that wasn't edited into obscurity uh, like so many of the Marvel scenes are fight scenes are mm-hmm. um, I thought it was really awesome seeing 10 different individual stories being woven together into this large tapestry. I never knew what was going to happen one minute to the next because I wasn't sure you know, who we were going to focus on next and where the story was going to go and how someone was going to change. I deeply cared about all these people. Um, so I'm going to give it three stars for now. I feel like that will go up in time because I think this will show that it had a bigger importance in the Marvel Universe than we're giving it right now. And I think we'll also come to understand things a lot more so in time. Um, but it's, it's I got to let it marinate. Okay. Um, well. Hey, strap in, kids. Did you actually say what your number was? Yeah, I said, said three. three. It's know, like you're never listening to me. <laughs> I give this movie a two. Um, That's higher than I thought you were going to give it. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I, I don't think it can go lower than a two. Again, what did I, you give Thor: The Dark World? Do you think I remember that? I, the only reason I ask is because this movie ha- now has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, scroll. yeah. And and to to say it's worse than to say it's the worst movie in the Marvel universe, I don't think is fair. It's the most interesting, different Marvel movie, yeah. according to you. But Ronnie, so anyway, back to my score. Um, <laughs> and you, everybody, man, I give this a two. Um, you know, we, we've all hit on the points and everything. Um, the thing that doesn't make it lower, because like you said, you were shocked that I gave it that high, mm-hmm. um, is I thought the acting was really Groot. Really good. I almost said really great. Really I am Groot. I, I, I am Groot. Um, no, I thought I thought it was really good acting, especially uh, by what's the guy? Uh, Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, he's the one that do- plays oh, all fastos. fastos. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought the way that he can emotionally connect to the audience was great. I, mm. By far, I think he was the best, you know, actor, you know, out of everyone on screen. Mm. Um, and again, visuals were really good. Some of the best we've seen, I feel like, yeah. in the MCU. Um, but it just falls flat because it's two over two and a half hours of dragging you through exposition and everything that you know is needed, but not as much. It doesn't need mm. to be an hour, hour and a half of exposition, and then only an hour of the story that we're here for. Um, can you agree to this, that this movie does not play it safe? I can agree with that. Okay. It definitely does not play it safe. I mean, cause this, you know, I like, felt like this one was really shooting for like, yes, oh, the, home runs like crazy. I, Did I score them? I was going to say, I think that's the downfall. Yeah. They went up to the plate trying to hit a home run with every swing and they might've only gotten like one or two okay. out of like this, you know, 10 or more attempts. Mm. Um, 
so I think that that is why. Um, another thing that kind of saves it is um, having Pip in the movie. Pip the troll. Really? That, no. That's your saving grace? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Voiced by? <laughs> Patton Oswalt. Well done. Was yeah. it? I couldn't tell if it was Patton Oswalt or Seth Rogen. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Melanie said, too, while we were yeah. watching. Uh, but no, that was a joke. Uh, that definitely did not I don't understand that. Points. Yeah, there's a, there's a post-credits sequence where we have Pip the troll. Um, yeah. Does anyone know anything about Pip? The I Trump? know I know Star Fox, and I know that he is associated with Star Fox, but I don't know anything about Pip. What do you know about Star Fox? Brother of Thanos, another Eternal, good guy, yeah. more so. Um, his abilities are he affects people's emotions. He's not reading this. He's actually pulling this it, his yeah, I got yeah. fan feedback Friday ready to go, so I didn't want to touch uh, anything. Okay. But um, that's from memory, so... Played by Harry Styles. Yeah, I, I didn't know Harry Styles was an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's going to wrap us up for our discussion on Eternals. But before we go, we do have our Fan Feedback Friday. All right, this week, if you could spend a holiday with any superhero or superhero team, who and where? Definitely not the Eternals. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, if you want to have three hour, a three-hour melancholy party, yeah. All right, so I'm not going to say from my comic book class each time. <laughs> just that's fine. All right. We got Flash so we can travel me back in time to see the universe or to make everyday Christmas. Rise of the Guardians with Santa. That's funny. Deep cut. <laughs> Deadpool, baby. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> Doctor Strange, the coolest, and he will reveal trippy things to you. So will Mushrooms, kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Don't do drugs. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Let's see. DC Legends. Legends of Tomorrow. But in ancient Japan, because we want to see Mick Rory with a samurai sword. <laughs> yeah. That was very specific from that person. Tony yeah. Stark, he can provide all the good things that money can buy. Christmas at the Wayne Manor gonna be awkward. <laughs> All done, Mike. All done. From my comic book, uh, Spider-Man, just because he's a teenager. See, yeah, other, they were all like, yeah, we're teenagers and we want to hang out with another superhero teenager. See, that's normal for one of us to say it. A little yes. weird. Yeah, right. Uh, the Teen Titans at their headquarters from uh, Teen Titans, the uh, TV show, the cartoon. Yes, not Teen Cat Titans. Captain Underpants. I'm not saying the theme song. Tra-la-la. Uh, Tra-la-la. <laughs> I hate you both. <laughs> Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, The Tick, Spoon, and uh, the X Mansion, and Arbor Day with Groot. <laughs> Arbor Day, that's hilarious. That's, that's, that's well done. That, well that done, was Anthony. a good one. Um, but yeah, so that's going to wrap us up for tonight, Paul. How can everyone reach out to us with both hands? What if they only have one? <laughs> We'll take what we can get at this point. Okay. <laughs> no, you guys can reach out to us on uh, Facebook. Keep an eye on our Facebook, guys. We're going to have a big announcement coming in the next, hopefully, week? Question mark, yes. Um It's either going to be some sort of video or some sort of uh, bonus episode. We're not sure which one we're going to do, but there will be a big announcement coming in the next couple of days, so make sure you guys keep an eye out for that. Our Facebook is the Multiverse Fancast, and also keep an eye out on our Facebook page, The Misfit Faction. That's where you're going to see some... Uh, some interesting new things in the next couple of weeks. We also oh, have our yeah. website, themisfitfaction.com. We have our YouTube, which is the Misfit Faction Media Network, and our Instagram, which is the Misfit Faction. Keep an eye out on all those guys. There's going to be a lot of big announcements, and hopefully before the Thanksgiving break. Good job, bud. Thanks, man. I made it all up. <laughs> Don't we all? Kind of. <laughs> but we do have big announcements. Like, comment, subscribe. Yeah, no, share. That, that's actually true. <laughs> that's all real. Yeah, that's real. All right. Again, thank you all for joining us, and... I'm Ronnie. I'm Paul. And I'm thinking about Smorgasbord, and I'm Rob. And we'll be back in a flash. <laughs> <laughs>